that you've had an authentic interaction with the Lord is when you are removed from yourself. When you're no longer able to be composed, then you can, you can probably say, I had an interaction with the Lord. When you come in here all sophisticated and something comes and slaps you, he's worthy. Yeah, and if you don't say it, he's still worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Somebody in here is going to be different when they walk out of here today. Yeah, you're not coming out the same way you came in because you met him. You met him. Look at you. Look like you've been fighting. You have been. You've been fighting your will against his way. But he's worthy. My goodness, he's worthy. I'm so thankful today to have the opportunity to come and share in this worship service. Church as church ought to be, no lines of demarcation, no denominationalism, just, just folk who love the Lord. And I'm so thankful today that the Lord laid it on my heart to ask Brother Davis if he would come. I had no idea that it would be such a trip for him. So for that, I want to say thank you. But oh, we've got one with us today, y'all, who's come not just a long way on the road, but his travels have been a long way to get here. He serves now as the, and I want to make sure that I get it right, he is the servant prelate of the 9th Episcopal Dis District, which encompasses the whole state of Alabama. How many churches is that? 300 churches. 300 churches. As if that were not significant enough. And Lord knows, brother, I was just so impressed reading your background. God has been good to you. He, he's been very good to you. And, and, and he didn't come, he didn't come from, from uh, I, I would say he didn't come from Wall Street. He came from our street. Yeah, he came from our street. And that's a, that's a, his friends call him Butch, James Butch Davis. But, but, but I want you to know this, before he became the servant prelate of the 9th Episcopal District, he served, uh, he, first of all, he was appointed as a bishop, long way to get to bishop. But once you get there, it was the 48th General Convention, Conference of the AME Church in 2008 when he was appointed the presiding prelate here. But before that, I would say the, the, the setting before that was just idyllic. Many of us can only dream of going um, to serve in Africa. And he served, he served as the 123rd elected and consecrated bishop. Um, and he was elected to serve in Africa for what, four years? Four years. My Lord, I can't pronounce the names of the places that he went. I'm not going to even try and insult myself with that, but let's just say his work there remains firm. The foundation is sure. He left his mark in Africa, which is why he was brought home. And hopefully he can make his mark here. I would say this, uh, because I know he's well able to speak for himself, 
but one legacy I know he's going to leave here in Jefferson County and in Birmingham area in particular. There's a place that we pass all the time, Ms. Johnson, Daniel Payne College. Ms. Johnson lives over there. And I believe you're going to call it Legacy Village. Legacy Village. You walk, you look there now, Daniel Payne at one time was a bustling community college. And today, not so much. And this brother has a, vi a vision that one day it can become a resource for the community again. He's got all sorts of shops and things planned there. I believe with the kind of vision this brother has, it's going to happen. I know for a fact that when he came in, within two months of having assumed his position, he had visited 150 churches within two months. In fact, it was so awesome that he came walking in. Some people who had been worshiping in the AME church all their lives had never seen the bishop at their church. And he made sure that he came in to see them. You got to love people to do that. And so I'm so thankful that I didn't have to be in the denomination for him to know that I love the Lord as much as he does. And I'm so thankful that he came to share with us today. He brought his able assistant who I've been conversing with for uh, a few weeks now, Ms. Benjamin, who's here. We thank God for her being present as well. And we pray for his wife who's in Atlanta, who's in Atlanta, which is where he came from this morning. Why don't you receive him like we receive every other preacher, even the bishop, even the bishop, by the uplift of our right hand and say, Bishop Davis, Davis. preach the word. Preach the word. Preach the word. Come on, brother. Amen. Bless you. Bless you. Here's your microphone. She just turned it. I would have fainted if I had not seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, for the Lord is good. I mean, he's good. I mean, he's shown up good. I mean, real good. I, I, I mean, he neighborhood good. <laughs> I, I mean, oh, the word says, let everything that had breath praise the Lord. That means if you can just, you ought to be praising him right now. If you just have breath in your lungs, you ought to use part of that just to say glory to God. For the Lord is good. The Lord somebody who knows the Lord is good know he's good show sure enough wave your hand he's good God is so good until this morning around around 420 this morning when I woke up uh, Eastern Standard Time I caught the Lord blessing me I, I caught him I, I caught him I, I caught him my, my my right foot got out of bed and I stood up on my own energy I caught him blessing me. <laughs> I caught him. I, I caught him. I, I caught him red-handed. I, I caught him. I, I caught him. I, I caught him. I, I, I did. I caught him. I caught him. I, I washed myself. I dressed myself. I, 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 I gave myself some juice. <laughs> I caught God. Is there anybody else here who caught him blessing you this morning? I caught him. I, I caught him with my own. T I, I could convict him. Of being a good God, a blessing God, a merciful God, a kind God, a giving God, a forgiving God. I caught God. I could be, I could be a witness for the prosecution. 
He's a good God. He's guilty. God is guilty. I want to thank God for this wonderful privilege of, uh, of standing, you know, because God has so many other places and so many other people that he could, uh, he could put in this place at this time. And so I don't take it for granted. God is just, God is just good. He, he's, he's my best friend. He, we run together like that, you understand. Uh, he's my road dog. I, I know irreverence intended. He, he's, he's all right with me. Then I want to thank God for newfound friendships. Uh, I want to thank God for, for this brother who has so many titles until he doesn't use any of them because the whole paper would take up his titles. Reverend Dr. Judge, Chairman of the Board, all, uh, the, all the stuff that your pastor is about. And he's about something. I mean, I mean, uh, amen. Everybody, I've, I've, I've lived long enough and I've been around us long enough to know that everybody who has a title ain't about something all the time. You know, uh, sometimes titles cover up what you are not about. But to see this brother authentically in the spirit, I mean, the judge... I mean, man with power and recognizes he has to be under authority. And then not only does that here, I, I heard him as a, a group of somebody somewhere. I won't even call his memory to the moment exactly, but I heard him when he was given the opportunity to go to a certain microphone and someone yelled out, is that the judge or the preacher speaking? And he yelled back at them on his way to the microphone, the preacher is always speaking. And uh, I just want you to know you got somebody who's, who's always standing for him. To the first family of this church, to the deacon board, to this magnificent choir, this, and these musicians. You ought to, you ought to, you ought to say something, you ought to say something. Uh, to one who is a leader in the community, Brother Wilson, thank you so much for being here. I saw you when you came in. Scared me to death to know I was preaching to the banker. You, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, other folk I could handle, but the banker, because uh, I'm on my way to see you about $14 million, you know. I, I, I mean, to preach to the banker, I, I, I was just hoping that the Lord would help put something up on the screen, you know. That would inspire you to see the light. <laughs> uh, so we thank God for your presence this morning. That's uh, unpaid advertising, you, you know. I want to thank God for it. I, I want to commend 45th Street Baptist Church. You are some, you are a beautiful congregation. You are a beautiful congregation. I'm, I mean, I mean, I mean, I hang with a lot of congregations. If going to church could get you in heaven, I'm on my way there. I don't want to go today, but I'm on my way there. Uh, unfortunately, going to church just doesn't put you there. But being in an authentic worship experience, a disciplined experience, yet one that's, uh, that's progressive, discipline. It's been a long time since I was over for where? 
robes in church. Good God Almighty. Usher standing at the doors with, with uniforms. Deacons sitting on the board looking like somebody. Uh, a, a disciplined experience. But, but you have transcended tradition and gotten to technology. Good God Almighty. I mean, you, man, I got excited. I knew I had arrived when I walked in this place. I walked through that corridor back there and saw all of them chilling. And then all of them chilling, they got up in here and went back there. I said, Lord, don't let it rise up in me. Because the scripture says, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's ox, nor his ass, nor his church, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. I want to thank God again. I want to thank God for this man of God who, from West End, from Tuskegee University, I want to let you know I know something about you too. <laughs> from University of Alabama, from the YMCA, hey, do I need to say more? Nine years right in this place and the Lord, whenever you can get along with, with us for nine years and still look happy, I mean, cause, cause we, we can be, we can be we can be a heavenly experience to deal with. Somebody say amen. I want to thank him for this invitation that allows us to show that the church is not bound by separation, but we are known when we come together. Let me, let me, let me ask you to pray with me and pray for us as we enter in this moment of, of hearing won't you bow, won't you pray? Consecrate us, Lord, to thy service. By the power of grace divine, let our souls look up with steadfast hope and our wills be lost in thine. Help me to lose myself and be found in you. Let your word come forth with power that in so doing it might fall on fertile ground. And when it's done, not if it's done, that someone might hear and in the hearing believe and in believing be saved. Yes, Lord, be saved. And after being saved, live like a saved man or woman, boy or girl, ought to live in you. This is our prayer and all of the people of God showed agreement by saying amen. I would that you would turn your Bibles to uh, our Lord's Gospel as recorded by the Gospel Secretary, St. Matthew, in the uh, 16th chapter. And uh, the 16th chapter, 16th chapter of the Gospel as recorded by St. Matthew, the Secretary. The th starting with the 13th verse, and I think you'll find these words there according to the King James translation. Thank God for your pastor who is willing to allow me to come in the midst of his series of sermons, which I shall be listening and looking on the website to see uh, each of them as he preaches them on the Bible and forthcoming weeks. I've already listened to the one last week where he told you why he was letting the series start early. Uh, let you know I, I need preaching too. Uh, 
Um, in the 13th verse, and it says there, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? And, and, and they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist, and some Elias, and others Jeremiah, and or one of the prophets. And he said unto them, but whom say ye that I am? And, and Simon answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood had not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And, and I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And just for these next few moments, I want to preach from the subject. Somebody ought to say something. Somebody. Somebody ought to say something. Uh, all the great preacher, all great preaching in is not ministry and all effective ministry is not always great preaching the greatest sermon i have ever heard is one the one i needed to hear at that particular point in my life it may not be have been demonstrative but it ministered to my spirit great preaching is proven in the lives of those who heard it if I can't walk in here dying and walk away to live, the rest of it is just entertainment. From Genesis to Revelations indicates that the word and what the word will do. Genesis says the voice of the Lord walked through the cool of the garden. John says the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. Same concept, the abstract can be made concrete. The intangible might be made tangible. And the foolishness of preaching that God might change your life and your circumstance. God might speak the invisible that is so powerful that it becomes visible. That God might speak and cause you to give up a man you can see. For a man you can't see. It, is, it was the spirit of change that Jesus, in this kind of environment, he stopped preaching long enough to entertain an inquiry. Jesus had an awesome ministry of preaching he himself. He was a great preacher. When he started preaching, folk cut holes in the roof out of the city and allowed a man to be lowered down in front of him because when he preached, things changed. When Jesus preached, 5,000 men missed their lunch time and decided they'd rather be out in the desert on the seashore 
and hear Jesus preach than to be lined up in the cafeteria. Without a radio ministry, without a flyer, Jesus was an effective preacher. Whenever he held revival, folk would show up out of nowhere. The crowds would come because he was a great preacher. If he got in the graveyard, a dead man would leap up from the grave. Jesus was a great preacher. One day they woke him up out of a sound sleep. He wiped his eyes and wiped sleep out of his eyes. And, and, and he was just giving. He was, he was there. And they said, fear, don't you look and aren't you worried because of where we are? And he asked them the questions that perplexed them in the midst of that all because he was a great preacher. Be still. He was not just giving a message. The word says that he was the message. In the beginning was the word and the word was God. They were afraid for him to preach in certain places. If he did, truth says would go out of business. If he preached in certain places, demons would go into hogs and knew there wasn't any reason to live with that much hell in them and they'd go off and commit hog suicide. He would stop a funeral service when he preached in the middle of the march to the graveyard and touch the beer and a dead boy in the midst of the fact that people said there was nothing that could be done. A dead boy would get up and sit up. And awesome, as awesome as Jesus was, he still needed to know whom do men say that I am. Uh, what he was saying was, where, what are they saying about me? Isn't it something we have uh, some concern about what others say about us? They begin to give him the latest gossip in the community. If you can't stop uh, stand to be controversial, you don't need to follow him. If you have a great affirmation, if you have a need for a great affirmation and, and to be affirmed, everybody has to affirm who you are. Don't get into the place where he's going to lead. Every ministry has to deal with what some say. There are ministries that are dying because they have worried about what some say. If you have to be affirmed with, with the constancy, don't follow Jesus. You have to deal with what men say about you. If you're going to be tenacious enough to do what God has called you to do, put a church in debt that has never been in debt before. You must be prepared to do it while some say whatever they want to say. Some say that thou art Elias, and some say that thou art John the Baptist, and some say that thou art Jeremiah, and some say that thou art one of the prophets. There are those who are dying because they worry about what some say. If the church is going to be the church, we have got to be the church while dealing with those some sayers. Some of us don't know it, but God is grooming us and evaluating and elevating us in the kingdom. He's grooming us for, with, through and with the gossip of what some say. 
He's grooming us in the midst of controversy. He's grooming us in the midst of confusion. He's grooming us in the midst of debate. Oh, while some are saying God is getting ready to do something great with us. He's trying to train you, us until you can get so disciplined, until you can stand while some say. He's trying to train us up to clap our hands amidst the people that hate us, even in the midst of some say. He's trying to train us until we can praise him in the midst of a storm, even while some say. Some say, some say, some say, Jesus, I can deal, as he was reporting to them, I can deal with what some say. I've been, I've not poured myself into them, but whom do you say that I am? I don't handpick, I didn't handpick them, I didn't arrest them, I didn't apprehend them, I haven't walked with them, I haven't talked with them, but those who confess me as Lord and Savior, whom do you say that I am? I can deal with the external conflict if I don't have to deal with the internal conflict. Whom do you say that I am? I know everyone does not like Peter, but I like Pete. Pete reminds me of your pastor. I know he's a rough church member that looks like he does not want to be and wants to refuse being pastor. I know he's a straight shooter as a pastor, but 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 look at Pete. He he was radical. I, I'm Pete's attorney just for a few minutes. I, I know he has an angry spirit. Cut that man's ear off. Jesus had to put it back on. Every church needs a, a Simon Peter. He would make a decision in the midst of what others said. While other members of the church just sat there on the boat, rocking the boat, thunder sounding, lightning flashing. They thought he was a ghost, but Peter stepped out of the boat, yelled out, hey, if that's you, let's come, let me come out there where you are. And he stepped out on the water, stepped out the boat. God needs somebody who will step out of the boat every now and then. God needs somebody who will step out. Because you know that's where God is leading. He needs somebody who will step out from what God is about to do in your life. You've got to be willing to step out the boat for what God is preparing you for. You've got to step out of the boat. You've got to get out of your tradition. You've got to get out of your favor. You've got to get out of your comfort zone. You've got to stand where others would make fun of your standing. Pete was one even in the midst of is being wrong sometime he was willing to step out the boat you, you've been warned you're doing you're going to step out you've got to you've got to make sure that you warn folk if you're preparing to step out the boat you've you've got to let folk around you know that you're about to step out if you're gonna step out some people like to keep you in a file folder, like you to remain where you are, like to be able to call your remembrances to yesteryears. You know you can't do that because nobody else has done it before. You know that you ought not be doing that. Your mom and daddy didn't do that. Your neighbors didn't do that. You've got to let folk know in spite of my surrounding, I'm getting ready to step out. I'm getting ready to move out where God can bless what I'm about to do. But this is the time that God is raising up a group of people, radical step out, 
radical people who are willing to step out the boat away from mediocrity away from comfort somebody said peter was walking on water but i dig to beg to differ with you he was walking on the word of god somebody said standing on the promises of christ my savior the devil you you should have killed me when you had a chance now i'm stepping out should have knocked me down when you had a chance. But now I'm moving where God wants me to move. I can see things that I have never seen before. I can understand things that I've never understood before. I'm going further because I'm prepared to step out of the boat. I'm tired of just rocking with these deadbeat folk. I'm going anywhere. I'm tired of hanging around in the same community where nothing is happening. I'm tired of making myself look like I'm one of the crew when the real truth of the matter is God has put a new message in my spirit. God has promised well to me. God has told me greater things shall I do. I'm ready to step out of the boat. Now, I'm fascinated by what Peter said. It is interesting to me that he said it, but, but he reveals something about the Christ that some people did not know. Not that he, he revealed something about the Christ that some people did not know. He, he said, now whom do you say that I am? Peter said, now you, you, you're more than Elias. You're more than Jeremiah. You're more than John the Baptist. You're more than, you are the Christ. Not, not a Christ. You are in a class all by yourself. There has never been anyone like you. And ain't nobody to come after you. But Sean Mitchell said it best when he used that double negative. Nobody greater than you. I looked high and low. Can't find nobody greater. Nobody greater than you, Lord. Oh, he answered a question that even surprised Jesus. He answered a question that even surprised the teacher. He opened his mouth, cleared his throat, and identified the authenticity of the Christ. And what that is to say to us is this, that if God has done something for you, you too can be one who can tell somebody things that they may not know about the Christ. You ought to know that God is our way maker out of no way. You ought to be able to tell somebody that he's a in a sick room you ought to be able to tell somebody he'll keep your family together in the midst of stormy times you ought to be able to say he'll bring your child back home in the midst of these difficult times you ought to be able to say he's a god over drug addiction you ought to be able to say that he'll put bread on your table you ought to be able to say it you ought to be able to say that no matter how the economy has looked, he's never failed to feed me once. You ought to be able to tell somebody that even in the midst of the declining works, workforce, God has always made a way, even when I was only getting my unemployment check. You ought to be able to say something about your relationship with Christ that only you can witness to. Somebody ought to say something. Jesus, flesh and blood, he says, did not reveal this unto you. Oh, before I get carried away with, with what he said, this is the essence of the sermon right here. 
I need to talk about the fact that he did say it. While I'm impressed with the fact that Peter answered the question, we've got to wonder what was wrong with the other members of the church. There were 11 other members, and it was Peter who spoke up. There were 11 other church members, and only Peter who spoke. There were 11 other deacons, but only Peter spoke up. Had they not seen the same miracles that Peter had seen? Had not they been there to see what God was able to do? Had they not witnessed the same thing that Peter had witnessed? The woman who had a bleeding condition and who touched the hem of his garment and was healed. Did they not see what Peter had seen when the woman when, when the woman was there in the back of the church and was bent over and Jesus called her forth and she went up there bent over but when Jesus laid his hands on her she stood up had they not seen the same thing that Peter saw when Jesus sent his word into a graveyard and Lazarus said come forth for the dead man start dancing in the grave did they not see what Peter had seen, were they not there? When Jesus said unto him, whom do you say that I am? The church said nothing. The dilemma here is that there is a generation that's coming up amidst us. In spite of the powerful preaching that you get on Sunday morning from this powerful man of God, there's a failure on the part of the church to speak when the church has been in power to speak. There's a failure on the part of the church to witness in the places where God is depending on your witness. There's a failure on the part of the church. When you pick up that telephone, it ought to be first about Jesus. When you write that letter, it ought to be first about Jesus. When you sit down at the dinner table, it ought to be first about Jesus. There's a failure in our community that it does appear that even every Sunday of the year be preached to like this man of God preaches to you and still nobody says anything. I'm here to tell you as a Methodist, I'm here to tell you that somebody ought to say, somebody ought to yell out that God is a good God. Somebody ought to say something. Well, the church is dying because the church won't speak up. I'm not talking about 45th Street. I'm talking about the church where you live. I'm not talking about St. Luke, St. John, or St. Paul. I'm talking about the one, the church that's at your address. You need, you need who, you need to know that God is depending on you to say something. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. We're up and down, right or wrong. You need to speak up. You need to say something. I'm scared to be around folk who will allow other folk to talk for them and for about them. I'm scared to be around church folk who will go in the beauty shop and the barber shop and hear the pastor's name being run down. At some point, you ought to be able to say, no, sugar, don't you say that. That's my pastor. That's the man who is tending to my soul's salvation. That's my pastor. That's the doctor of my soul. That's the one that God has sent to me. That's the one that the Bible says he gives to me after his own heart. 
that's my pastor that's my deliverer that's the man who gives me the word from God somebody somebody ought to say something well there's something about the silence of men that is intimidating that's the reason I'm careful about where I sit in church because silence is intimidating everybody wants to see what the folk next to them will do and they so often will act like the persons next to them check it out right now those who say amen in here somebody next to you saying amen I, I have to be careful about where I sit in church because I want to sit next to somebody when I say holly somebody next to me say hallelujah when I say thank you somebody says Jesus when I say glory somebody say to God when I say bless somebody next to me ought to yell out his wonderful name when I say ain't it somebody ought to say good when I say sure enough somebody ought to say wonderful I want to be around somebody who knows he's wonderful I want to be around somebody who knows he's mighty. I want to be around somebody who knows he's immutable. I want to be around somebody who knows he's everlasting. I want to be around somebody who knows he's eternal. I want to be around somebody who knows he's my kinsman. He's my redeemer. He's my day star. He's my bulwark. He's my trumpet. And he's my shield. God is raising up men and women who will break the silence god is preparing somebody right now don't you curse what he's sending you through for what he's doing is preparing a testimony in you that when god gets through with you you're gonna come forth with a praise like you've never seen before don't you curse your darkness you just go and light your candle for god's gonna bring darkness into under your feet pretty soon and God's gonna give you a new light and you'll walk around saying this little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine and then just like blind Bartimaeus they told him to be quiet but the more they told him to be quiet the louder he spoke I'm coming out of this thing I know what God is able to do I'm gonna tell somebody whether they like it or not whether they believe it or not, whether they trust him or not, I won't let their life or their damnation be on my hands. I'm going to tell them there's no way but God's way. When I think about the goodness of the Lord and all that he's done for me, my soul may boast of the Lord. I just have one more point to give you and then I'm going to be seated. And that is the fact that Peter, in the midst of speaking up, Look at what interesting things happen. Go down to about that 17th or 19th verse. And Jesus did something there that was peculiar to me. But I understand it now. He said, Peter got the blessing that God pronounced on his life through Jesus. Because he said, now, because of what you did, everybody thinks the blessing was being, the church being built on that faith. That was blessing enough. But the faith didn't belong to him. The faith came from the Lord. God gave Peter a special blessing for just speaking up. And I, I just could not leave here today without letting somebody know that there's a blessing in your speaking up. 
There's a blessing in your witness. There's a blessing in selling somebody of the goodness of the Lord. There's a blessing in standing up for your church. There's a blessing in standing for the preacher. There's a blessing in standing on the word of God. There's a blessing in doing the right thing. There's a blessing in going through your trials. There's a blessing in standing where God wants you to stand. There's a blessing in choosing the right side of history. There's a blessing in giving your tithe. There's a blessing in praying your prayer. There's a blessing in acknowledging the healer. God said, because you did it, I'll give you the keys. That's what he said. I'll give you the keys. 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 I, somebody ought to know what I'm talking about already. I'll give you, I'm through now, but 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 I'll give you the keys. I got it, I got excited when I looked at the word. I, I'll give you the keys. I'll give you the keys to the kingdom. I'll give you the keys. Some of y'all got Mercedes keys in your pocket, but I'm talking about a key to the kingdom. I'm not talking about a key to your house. I'm, I'm talking about a key to the kingdom. I hear somebody now on that side of the church coming loud and clear through the spirit asking, why keys? Because if you got the keys, whatever the devil puts on you, you can put under your feet. If you got the keys, you can bind what the devil brings to you. If you have the keys, and with the keys come power. With keys represent power. They said, now here it is. Because you'll speak up. Because you won't hold your peace. Because you'll let somebody know that whatever I am, I'm that because God made me that. Whatever successes I have, it's not because I went to Harvard or Yale. It's not because somebody spoke my name. It's because somebody prayed for me. It's not because I was a white man's favorite. It's because God's God had grandmama to pray for me. And because she prayed for me, I got the keys. I got, I got keys. I got keys. I'm, I'm, I'm through, but, but when you got keys, you act differently. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. When you got keys, you, you act bold and courageous. You, when you got keys, it gives you a pride and a feeling of accomplishment that you know you're in there. I, I went to my office. For the first time in the history of our district, we bought, don't tell anybody how proud I, I have to pray for that spirit of pride, that demonic spirit I'm putting but, but I'm, I'm gonna confess because confession is good for the soul I, I went first day we got the keys it had not been renovated then but I, I wouldn't give anybody else the keys I kept all four sets my pocket and I invited trustee board to come and look at the building and personally was a few minutes late don't tell anybody and all around the front door of the building waiting admiring the building talking about what we had done but 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 when I came up all of them standing by the door I pulled out my key put my key in the door Unlock that thing. Say, y'all, come on in now. 
I only want to tell you this. When you got you could tell the devil where to get off. Had me destroyed, but I'm, I'm telling you, I got keys. This, this key I got allows me to, to put to flight that which the devil does against my life. I got keys. Somebody ought to say something. Take my seat with this word this morning. Coming here, I was in Atlanta for a funeral this weekend. That's how I ended up there coming here. Stopped for breakfast this morning and and uh, young lady, don't know her name, didn't get it when she was waiting on me and that was awful. But before we left the restaurant, she came over to the table where we were as I was getting up, carrying my tray back. And she looked and she said, thank you all for coming in today. But then she said something that got me. I don't tie, I guess that meant I was a preacher, a deacon one. <laughs> she said to me and folk with me, she said, tell God, thank you for me. And I couldn't wait till I got here. Because I just, I just wanted to let y'all know that, that you may not say anything. But, but the girl at Wendy's wanted you to know. God, I'm thankful. You ought to tell. Bishop said, I got keys, you got keys, all God's children got keys. <laughs> so that speaks the question, while God did create you, every one of us, we must ask ourselves, have I given myself back to him but the songwriter says I give myself away yeah. I give myself away that's one thing we, we come through a period in our history when folk used to give us away yeah. we didn't have any control over what we did yeah. who we belong to yeah. somebody would say you can have him as if you had no choice in the matter, and you didn't yeah. have any choice in the matter. But today, you have a choice. Yeah. You can say, I give my, myself away. Not to anybody next to you, but, but to the Lord. Yeah. Say, I give my, myself away so you can, so you can use me. Yeah. I give myself. Lord, I realize what I am. But such as I am, yeah. I give myself to you. Yeah. I, I, I like this about God. 
know this. Don't worry about getting buffed up or straightened out. That's not required. He'll take you just the way you are. He'll buff out the bruises and polish up the spots that aren't so good. The words you don't know how to say, he'll give you more words to say. But, but first you have to give, give yourself away. Do you want him to use you? As God as he is, as God as he is, he's not going to override your desires. He's not going to just step in. He's a gentleman. He's not going to violate your space. But if you'll open yourself up, if you'll make yourself available, just acknowledge and say, I give myself. I give myself away. Bishop just preached about you can think it but at some point you gotta say something you gotta stand for something you, you can't just think that everybody around you knows you love the Lord you gotta say something about it where do you stand whose side are you on I'm empowered today to invite you to stand up if you're on the Lord's side. If you want to give yourself away, I'm empowered to extend an invitation to you. I heard a preacher say the other day, and I liked him when he said it. He, you heard him, you were there, Desi, and said it, Pastor Thurgood. He said he gets a lot of invitations in the mail every week. Come to this function come to that function. Some of me gets, looks at and throws them right away. But this is an invitation that's been coming through 2,000 plus years just for you. Been coming through every kind of means, every man's been telling you. Today it landed on Reverend Sparks to be the one to tell you that God loves you. He died for you. All he wants you to do is acknowledge his death. Won't you give yourself away today? You see the welcome committee? They, they just said, come on home. Come on, give yourself away. Come on, Reg. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. The doors of our church are open. Candidates for baptism. Give myself away. Change your membership. We're not the best, but we're striving to be. The friendliest church. We might not be perfect, so but we can be friendly. Can you no, 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 no. We can be friendly. We can smile. We can love you. Come on. Oh, yeah. I'm waiting on you. Some of y'all been sitting on go too long. Too long. Today is the day. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. So you can use me, Lord. You don't have to put me in the White House. I don't even have to be in the State House. Just let me come in your house. That's all I want. Just let me in your house. Come on. Here I 